Welcome to Believer Readers to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man, the best podcast to break down hard-hitting dialogue such as, you must be eating your carrots, fella. You saw me over there, even in the lousy lighting in this place. Here to fight analysis of that line, and so much more, is my friend Eddie. How are you today, Eddie? Oh, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, I've been working out with my wife. She she likes to lift weights. I don't really like to lift weights, <laughs> but she does. So I'm supporting her in her working out habits. Uh, I did not eat any... No, I had some carrots today. Did you have any carrots today, James B.? Um, no, sometimes there's really? carrots in the salad. I yeah, eat. you're a pretty big salad eater. I thought you might have had some carrots, so but there wasn't any in this one that I'm eating. Um, but Eddie, what's the whole story behind carrots and whatever's in them? Is it beta carotene or something? Why do they help you with your eyesight? Learn, learn me something, S- something like that. I, I think it was proved that they don't actually help your eyesight, actually. <laughs> but I could be wrong. I'm happy to have a listener tell me otherwise. We have any doctor listeners? Well, that would be. I would feel. Listeners, write in and tell us if you have any, any whatever you do. We'll take anything. Beta carotene carrots. But James B, I need to take a minute before we start this podcast and acknowledge that Secret Wars Two is happening. Now, Secret Wars, you told me, was supposed to be like a thing to promote Marvel toys, but it ended up selling a whole bunch of comic books and was really successful. Uh, perhaps the most innovative aspect of Secret Wars 2 is that it happens across many different titles in 45 different issues. It's this huge event in Marvel that affects everything. Uh, the one-sentence plot I give this is the Beyonder is on Earth trying to live as a human. Unfortunately, this plot is rather confusing and not very well written, and it actually messes up Marvel for quite a while. Uh, I read about this. <laughs> Jim Shooter, uh, he had a lot of control over the story, and eventually he ends up leaving Marvel in 1987 because it was a bit of a fiasco. The most pertinent thing that I could find where Spider-Man interacts with the Beyonder is he teaches the Beyonder uh, how to poop. (laughs) You know I can't let go of a good poop joke, James B. Uh, Yes, Eddie. A couple months ago, actually, uh, listener of the podcast, John Aaron had written in to let us know in Secret Wars number two, he wrote, Spider-Man teaches the Beyonder how to poop. And afterwards, the Beyonder emerges from the bathroom declaring, the experience is consummated. (laughs) He also lets us know that in Secret Wars two, number eight, Spider-Man explains to the Beyonder that mortality gives life meaning, which convinces the Beyonder not to erase all existence. I guess this makes up for Spider-Man previously putting all existence in danger by preventing the Puma from killing the Beyonder in a future issue that we haven't gotten to yet. So it's coming up. Well. Which which I'm not looking forward to because I'm trying to not acknowledge Secret Wars 2 because <laughs> I, like everyone else, didn't want this to happen. <laughs> yes. Well, it's going to be kind of permeating through our summaries here today and in the future. I'll do my best to just ignore it whenever I can. And we'll start off with the Web of Spider-Man Books we're going to cover today, Eddie, they're from July through October of 1985. Stanley presents Web of Spider-Man 4, 5, 6, and 7, Arms of the Man, The Enemy Within, Gold Rush, and Welcome dot 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 to my Nightmare. Written by Danny Fingeroth, Sal Buscema, penciled by Jim Mooney, Armando Gill, inked by Vince Coletta, Greg LaRoque, Sec Layton, and Armando Gill. In these books, we return to Spidey's old nemesis, Doc Ock, along with some less well-defined villains. Since I began with the Villains Last Web podcast episode, 
Uh, let's keep it that way. Sounds good, Eddie. Let's talk about the villains. Doc Ock is in a psychiatric ward receiving treatment for a compulsion to fight and kill Spider-Man. His psychiatrist seems to think he's making good progress, but when he lays down to sleep that night, he sees a spider in the corner of his room and goes into hysterics. Across the East River, confined in a titanium holding cell, his tentacles begin to claw their way out. Doc Ock has a brief moment where he realizes he is at a crossroads. He is close to being cured, but he also wants the power of Dr. Octopus. Doc Ock is eventually reunited with his mechanical appendages, which break out of their prison, and immediately restarts his life of crime. To satisfy his vengeance, he created a very realistic robot Spider-Man to battle him safely in his hideout. The robot was developed with principles by the late Mendelstrom. There's a remarkable amount of chatter amongst Doc Ock's goons, concerned that their boss could never fight the real Spider-Man because he fears him. Spider-Man eventually finds Doc Ock's lair, and Doc Ock then realizes he's battling the real Spider-Man. Doc Ock goes catatonic, ending the shortest final fight between the pair ever. Doc Ock was able to rob a bank and cause enough commotion that Peter had to rescue two women and he's out $43.50 due to Doc Ock in the first two books alone. In Web 6, we see the Kingpin help and later in Amazing Spider-Man 268 attempt to double-cross the government by trying to steal an eight-story building made of gold. It's crazy that when the Kingpin calls the government, it's almost a direct line to the president. There's only one person separating the Kingpin from the president. Uh, we should take a minute here and let... Everyone know that the Beyonder from Secret Wars is doing weird things like turning buildings into gold. <laughs> we should also mention that this story concludes in our next podcast in The Amazing Spider-Man 268, because this is a part one of a part two crossover book. Yeah. Uh, in Web 7, Nightmare, he's the villain, entraps Spider-Man in his a nightmare realm a world Doctor Strange might be a part of or in, that's the illustrations look like, while Peter sleeps to help him escape the Hulk. Despite his bad guy name, Spider-Man helps Nightmare escape the Hulk. Nightmare thinks he's free, but claims he will trap Spider-Man forever to protect him, but then gets pulled away by the Hulk anyways. Ah! You know, I owned Hulk 299, 300-301, and from what I recall, Doctor Strange spends a lot of time working on Hulk's mind in those books. Eddie, the villains, Doc Ock, Nightmare, I guess the Kingpin. Yeah. They're the, there's some okay villains for, to start off our web of Spider-Man series here. Yeah. The Kingpin is really only involved in the gold storyline. Uh, and, you know, a lot of Doc Ock in the beginning, but not really a much of a fight with Doc Ock. It seems that the no. only fight is with Nightmare, but not really either. Uh, Eddie, yeah. what did you think of these three villains? Uh, well, you know, I, let me just mention Nightmare here. I, I think he's the most interesting one out of the three, actually, because I don't think we've seen him before. And when he's when Peter is in Nightmare's realm, so it's actually like Peter's asleep and kind of his psyche is trapped in this realm. Uh, he's like in the bugle and Captain America is typing. Wolverine is getting a cup of tea from uh, uh, the thing. 
there's all this like mixed up crazy world that's all you know uh, kind of a caricature of what it would be like walking around the bu- the bugle and nightmare himself looks like a withered nearly dead elf or something <laughs> he's not doing so well spider-man lets him know he doesn't look very well I, I as much as that book is probably the least interesting of the three it it has probably the most fascinating villain for me yeah i agree it's it's not terrible none of these books have a lot of punch to them they're all okay-ish books i wouldn't read a book and think oh my god these web books are good or bad they're just they're just sort of there and if i'm going to think back a couple of years from now i might remember the nightmare book more than i remember doc ock i mean doc ock's tentacles are more of a fight than Doc Ock himself. Spider-Man's biggest fight in these books is really an unnecessary long battle against common criminals where he makes that joke that we opened up the book with where he tells them it's like he's, he's fighting the three stooges because we're just waiting for Doc Ock's arms to do something. So Yeah. And, the, and, the, goo- and the goons, by the way, are actually... I like the goons having a... There's a lot of commentary about the goons. A tremendous amount of chatter. I, I thought it made me immediately think of Backlash and his full expose book where we got to know him very well these goons we've watched him doc ock fight this bot a dozen times honing his fighting skills mel he's these goons are named too he's never going to regain the nerve to tackle spider-man i i think this is a bold thing to say within earshot of doc ock (laughs) but they're they're like very nervous at the same time they've like worked for doc ock before they're like at the end, when Doc Ock's catatonic and Spider-Man says to them, are you going to really try to help this guy? He's It's done. They're like, eh, no thanks. And they just leave. <laughs> There's no fight at, the, at all at the end of these books. <laughs> Tell me about the other two books, Web 6 and 7, about the villains there with the Kingpin. Um, You know, both the Kingpin and Nightmare break a lot of promises. The Kingpin... You know, he says he's going to help the government, but ends up double-crossing him later on, which is actually a, a good aspect of the campaign. And then Nightmare, you know, he pulls Spider-Man back for, we're going to talk about it in a minute, and then says, oh, thanks for helping me. I'm going to trap you here to always help me. Good, good villainous motives there. Enough of this evil James B. Let's talk about Spider-Man. We've talked about Doc Ock. Uh, we discussed in depth what was going on in that Web 4 and 5. In Web 6 and 7, Spider-Man has a crisis of consciousness. First, Spider-Man is indignant when the government not only works with the Kingpin, but they pay him, I think it's two golden typewriters. Several, I think it's three. Three, yeah, golden, three golden, typewriters, golden typewriters. Many millions of dollars for his help. Uh, This is particularly insulting because Spider-Man is saving civilians trapped uh, in the recently collapsed gold building um, for free. And he is protecting the gold building from people stealing the gold. Uh, In Web 7, Nightmare pulls Spidey into his realm because he knows Spider-Man's conscience compels him to help anyone who is in danger. It's a really interesting play off the idea of with great power comes great responsibility. Um, This works until Nightmare goes to double-cross him, which we discussed earlier, and Spider-Man might have been able to help him, but he really just lets Hulk pull him 
back wherever he's going. Yeah, the only thing I'll add is at one point, Spider-Man runs into a guy who has some stuff on him. There's a guy who's carrying, I don't know, he's carrying his wallet, his keys. You know, It's all turned into gold. And Spider-Man's like, you can't keep all that gold stuff. He's like, this is my personal effects. Yes. And he's like, nope, you can't keep it. And then the guy, is, he's like, you're weighing yourself down. And the guy's going to keep it. And then like something falls on him. And yeah. it's like, okay, okay, I'll dump it all. Help me. So he's like, your life's more important. And the guy gets rid of all his junk. And Spider-Man's looking at this garbage can, like a little tr- trash basket. And there's like a notebook in it, which has now like, been thrown away. It's like a small notebook too, like yes. a little, little pocket-sized one. And there's a storyline where Spider-Man isn't going to take it, but then he gets angry that they've taken the three typewriters for the Kingpin. Yes. And he swings back over and he tells the guy like, hey, he's like, I'm keeping this gold little notebook or something <laughs> like that. And the guy's just like, Anderson, I think his name is like, kind of like, whatever. He doesn't really even seem to care. Yeah, he's Spider-Man Spider-Man's for. done something to like win his approval. He like helped him out in some way. I don't he know. Doesn't seem to care. Yeah, but it's whatever. it's kind of unclear what Spider-Man's going to do with this notebook. Maybe we'll find out in part two. Yeah, it's true. You, you okay if he keeps a little gold notebook, or do you think he should be? Do you think he's doing the wrong thing? It's, you know, what do you think? You know, honestly, I have trouble with this because he makes such a big deal about protecting the gold, and you know, I'm not a person who's going to just take things that aren't mine. It's a little bit of trouble here for me. Uh, normally, I'd be like, "Yes, you need some money, Peter. Just it's okay." <laughs> I, I think I would like it better if I, I referenced earlier that Spider-Man's out like forty something bucks. Yes, you know, he had to buy like a little scanner headphone thing at one point for twenty bucks to follow, you know, Doc Ock or whoever it was in that issue. And then later, he's taking money out of his ATM, and the bank blows up. Yeah. And his money gets blown away. He's losing his money. So I, I could justify like, hey, I've been fighting crime for you and I've incurred expenses. This is going to pay off the expenses of all the damage that I've done. However, I mean, a gold notebook, I mean, that's probably, I mean, is that $10,000? Like, I don't know At what least. it is. So, so there's there's the problem. Like, if it was something more minor, he's like, yeah. I just need this to cover my expenses. You could be like, all right, right I get it. The, I. But, it's probably irrelevant. I predict that this golden notebook never actually turns in any money for Peter Parker. So, <laughs> I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll be a big topic next podcast. So, <laughs> well, we might be able to turn some money. He might be able to get some money if he goes to the Daily Bugle. Let's talk about his workplace, the Daily Bugle. <laughs> There's a new editor at the Bugle, Catherine Cushing. Wait, is she the new editor, or is she just like the photo editor? I think she's the new editor. Maybe okay. not. I think she's I think the she, new editor. She's definitely in charge of the photos. Yes. So well, that's good enough for me. All right. She assigns Peter to go take pictures of a gathering at the Shavian Embassy that no one seems to be able to get into. And As, no one seems to be able to pronounce on our podcast. <laughs> it's not a real word. I don't think so. As Spider-Man, this is no problem. But when he's away, Cushing is kidnapped by Doc Ock. After Spidey saves her, Peter returns to the Beagle to sell her his embassy pictures, but they are too blurry to be used. By the way, I checked. She's she's considered the new city editor. From now on, all her photo assignments will go through her. Oh, okay. I just saw that Lance Bannon ends up scooping Peter again. Um, While he's here, he also interacts with Betty and Gloria briefly, so we know they're still in the book. He has a much longer conversation with Joe Robbie. And talking to J. Jonah Jameson, who's been talking about his secret projects, 
One of them has definitely now been confirmed to being Now Magazine. Uh, back it's again. Kind of, it's been yeah, a long back, time. <laughs> back again. Uh, also back again after a, a couple issue break is uh, Mary Jane Watson. Let's talk about uh, what she's up to. We see Mary Jane Watson uh, briefly, and she reiterates the idea that she can't be part of Peter's life because he is Spider-Man, and it's too stressful to see him being put in danger constantly. Yeah, she does let us know it would be easier if Spider-Man was using his power to make money, but then she probably wouldn't feel the same way about Peter Parker. Well, that's all from MJ. Uh, Why don't we talk about Aunt May next? Peter's conscience is once again challenged by Nathan, who says he doesn't spend enough time with his aunt. Nathan also tells him Aunt May is broke, making Peter think that he has to make more money. Peter does have a chance to make more money. I'm not talking about by keeping a gold notebook, but by selling picks to J. Jonah Jameson for the aforementioned Now magazine. But he's also thinking about getting better equipment. And he wants to go back to school to take a photography course as well. Yeah. Good thing he dropped out of school so he can have more time to <laughs> go back to school. <laughs> Allow myself to introduce myself. Well, James B., I think that's it for these web issues. Do you have anything else to add? I actually have something for you to take care of, Eddie. Oh. And that's our special segment, of course, uh, and that's part of our sponsor. Listeners, The Daily Bugle presents uh, Live with Eddie. How could I forget? (laughs) Each week, The Daily Bugle lets Eddie have a one-minute interview with someone at the scene of these stories. Uh, Eddie, do you know who you're talking to today? Boy, James B., someone who witnessed the collapse of the gold building, maybe? I don't know. Right, Eddie, uh, I, I'm going to get off the line here. I'm going to direct you, patch you through. Uh, please welcome uh, Roger and Mel. They're two of uh, the Doc Ock uh, henchmen that would like to talk to you about uh, what happened today. So here are Roger and Mel. Okay, well, uh, Roger and Mel, uh, good to have you on the show. I'm glad you're not in prison. Uh, what's going on? Yeah, so uh, Doc Ock, uh, he was fighting uh, Spider-Man. Well, he wasn't fighting the right Spider-Man. Yeah, he wasn't fighting the actual Spider-Man. I mean, he was at one time. I mean, he was fighting this Spider-Man robot, right? And then, like, the real Spider-Man, he was fighting him instead. Yeah, because he wasn't Spider-Man. So, yeah. And you thought that this was not a good way for Doc Ock to embrace his fear of Spider-Man? I mean, it seemed like it was a good idea, right? Well, when he wasn't fighting Spider-Man, it was. Yeah, but he was fighting real Spider-Man. That was okay. Because he wasn't fighting Spider-Man, that was... We was afraid when he fought Spider-Man, he was going to not be good. It wasn't good when he fought the real Spider-Man. I don't think the Spider-Man fought the Spider-Man, though. I think that that was Doc Ock fighting him, and you saw what happened. <laughs> Incredibly chatty, gentlemen. For me. Normally, Doc Ock's uh, henchmen, they don't talk at all. I, I almost appreciate this interview. <laughs> well, when we saw the real Spider-Man, then he told us, he's like, hey, 
you guys, you're not probably going to get paid for this job. That's when I <laughs> said to Mel, That's I true. said, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, Roger said, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. So I said, maybe we should get going because you don't want to like do nothing for nothing. You know what I'm saying? We were just getting none of that gold, you know? Yeah, we were just getting none of the gold. We weren't even going to yeah, get paid by this guy. Yeah. yeah, so that was what we saw. So, But I think we're getting paid for this interview. Yeah, we're getting paid for this interview. I heard from Dave Bugle. Probably yeah. yeah, about as much as I am, so... <laughs> Well, that's all the time we have for. We'd like to thank Eddie and Roger and Mel for a great interview today. Uh, once again, this is uh, Live with Eddie, presented by The Daily Bugle. Oh, my. Eddie, uh, great job on your interviews again. Uh, <laughs> hard-hitting questions there. You really got out the story there. I appreciate you taking the time to focus <laughs> no, on that. The listeners enjoyed it. I certainly... Well, it was a thing. <laughs> Eddie, if people want to reach out to us and let us know how they like the Web of Spider-Man format, if they have any suggestions to, you know, salvage anything we need to fix here, how could they reach out to us? Uh, you can email us at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com or click on the link in this podcast description to join our Discord channel and connect with us through social media. I got to tell you, Eddie. Yes. Listeners don't know this, of course, but I uh, I run an esports, you know, sport, yeah. whatever you want to yeah. call it, at my school. So my my Discord, you know, depending on how you use it, it's it's my esports and my Let's Read Spider Man. Does that make sense? Yes. And I just want to remind, if I haven't mentioned this before, <laughs> it goes off a lot more for my esports kids than it does for my Let's Read Spider Man. I'm right there, people. You've you said can, this before. I know, but. <laughs> There's been a lot of hundreds of esports comments, and still not getting a lot of uh, a lot of web of Spider-Man people. I'm trust me, I'm always hopeful when I look down, but it's usually some kid, not you know, or sending me some image that I have to go back and delete. And like, this is not relevant to well, our to our. Sport. I was recently on Discord, James B. So should have pinged a little bit at least. Did you Did you leave a message that I? To, oh, never mind. It's fine. <laughs> well, I, I, Eddie, I'd be shocked if if a bunch of people jumped on and started sending me Discord messages. Oh yes. Well, uh, I'm ready for our shocking moment, actually, which happens at the end of this podcast. <laughs> Great segue there. Good job <laughs> picking up on that right away. And now it's time for our shocking moment. Eddie, why don't you set the scene? The kingpin of crime. The worst villain in Spider-Man, who's eventually double-crossing the government, uh, calls Bridgebane, the president's assistant, and Bridgebane is very stressed out because he doesn't think the Kingpin should be calling the White House. He runs into the room with the president and says, we've just made a deal with the devil. And the president replies, now there you go again, Bainbridge, getting all melodramatic. We've all got to stay calm during this crisis. Goodbye. Goodbye. I think it's the most shocking moment in the book the kingpin of crime would be one degree separated from the president. Eddie, did you realize that the president in the book was the president? 
I did because uh, it's depicted in the White House. I guess I could have, I assumed, but I think he calls him Mr. President too. Did you notice anything else with that scene? Maybe it's because I'm older. Um, but it looks like Ronald Reagan. <laughs> it does look like Ronald Reagan. <laughs> I don't know. What's the other thing? He's got His jelly favorite... beans in front of him? Yes, he has jelly beans in front of him. <laughs> is that Ronald yes. Reagan's favorite snack? It is. As oh, it is. really? I did not he know was... that. He had, according to the internet, he had a standing order of over 720 bags per month to be distributed amongst the White House. Wow. Interesting. Fun facts about Ronald Reagan today.